afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, A Practical Path to Authenticity. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to call in the spirits, calling in the ancestors first, not only my own, but those of our guest, Martin Brennan. May the mother's mothers and father's fathers, father's mothers and mother's fathers join us, and the ancestors who bring all that is good and true and beautiful to each of you who are listening with us here this afternoon. I call in these ancestors that we might acknowledge that we are the future they dreamed of. And may we live in a way that honors their memory, their trials, their tribulations, and their great inspirations. We call out to the energy of the spirit of the land to be with us here today, to be a firm foundation under our feet, and we give gratitude for this wonderful home that we are all sharing that gets smaller and smaller every day as we connect around and around and around the globe. And I want to call in the energy of the sky. Bring to us inspiration here today. Bring to us protection. Bring to us blessings. And help us to know the generosity of this universe in which we live. So we call out to the ancestors around us, the earth below, the sky above, to all of our helping spirits, and finally to the heart in the center of all things. We call out to the energy of the heart that today, as we talk and share ideas and open our minds, that the heart will blend the passions of our body with the clarity of our mind, that we might be able to truly manifest our soul's purpose in this life while we are still young enough to enjoy the fruits of those labors. Thank you all for joining me here this afternoon on Why Shamanism Now. We have a special treat for you today. The topic of the show is Responding to the Call, the Trials and Tribulations of Following Spirit's Guidance. And our guest today is Martin Brennan. Welcome, Martin. Thank you, Christina, and thank you for the invitation to be on your show. It's wonderful to be with you and all of your listeners. We are very happy to have you with us today to um, thrill us all with the trials and tribulations of listening to Spirit's messages and helping us uh, to help us to find our path in life. So um, for those of you who are just meeting Martin for the first time, um, Martin has been a student of spirituality and leadership for over 20 years. And what, so what were the highlights of those 20 years in in spirituality and leadership for you, Martin? Well, it started at an early age of a curiosity of life that led me, in the undergraduate work, to take degrees both in philosophy and theology and continue on. I went for a master's degree with studying creation spirituality with Matthew Fox out in Naropa University, and with the leadership just fascinating with why and how we understand leadership. It led me to the corporate America, of all places, where I worked with a multinational gaming and entertaining company down in Las Vegas um, and really have an understanding of both studying and teaching management and the difference between management and leadership and developing high-performance teams for a competitive, globalized marketplace. Um, Those are some of the highlights. 
It also included an understanding of leadership from a very rural and developing world perspective with three years in Central America and two of them being with the United States Peace Corps. So those are some of the highlights uh, that have taken me on this quest to to really see the connectedness between uh, understanding a, a deep spirituality and our own sense of leadership, personal and collective. So, Martin, how did you get from this lovely path, respectable spiritual training and leadership, to this um, somewhere out there path of shamanism? How did you get into your the shamanic part of this journey? Well, it really will tie into this our, our topic today, listening to the call, and we will get further into that, but to talk in generalities, my study of shamanism was really brought about as I continued to go deeper with my own understanding of spirituality and my quest for spirituality and also understanding of leadership. It brings those two together in a very practical way, and as any uh, belief system and any thought patterns, I believe the it's all about the results that one obtains. And shamanism, um, in my experience, was one of the most direct and practical ways of bringing about change and helping us both with our individual aspects of leadership and being grounded in who we are so that we could uh, be leaders for others and also in a very core understanding of just the interconnectedness of all, that spiritual truth that is resident in so many traditions that are out there. So, Martin, as we go through this this, um, talk here this afternoon, when you're talking about spirit, can you you share with our listeners what what that means for you? Yes. Well, there's there's spirit with a capital S and there's spirit with with the small s's, as as I like to say. And I believe it comes with a a cultivation. There are, I work with um, ancestral spirits. Uh, that are specific ancestors in my line, uh, and so sometimes I'll refer to those. I work with helping spirits that I have cultivated a relationship over the years with that help me. Uh, some specific in, in areas such as relationships or family matters. And then when I talk about spirit in general, there is a, this, for me, there's a very deep understanding of spirit with a capital S. Uh, some people will call it the Great Spirit. Some people will call it God. Some people will call it Allah. It is that essence of the universe that is all pervasive and, for, and my understanding, uh, really guides us all um, to be truly living our soul's purpose, to be truly living authentically, to be called to live our highest good in any moment. So, Martin, I know a little bit about your your particular path, and, and I have to say that you didn't just go from high school to college to a job to marriage to 2.5 kids and a picket fence and a dog and a cat. <laughs> Very true. It's been a little, little more um, circuitous. Um, why don't you just uh, regale us all with with just just exactly how this path has unfolded, just the the high points, so people really understand how um, outside of your own comfort zone you've been pushed on this path. Uh, when you say about outside your comfort zone, very true, Christina. I, I'm fond of a, a quote by Søren Kierkegaard, the the famous philosopher, that says that life can be only understood looking backwards, but must be lived looking forwards. Um, and coming out of the university, I, at that time, thought my dream was to become a pilot with the United States Marine Corps, and I went through what they call officer candidate school and went through those trainings. And my senior year in college, 
deliberation and some reflective time, realized that that was not what was calling me and denied that commission and proceeded to follow, um, as we'll get into it more, the call of, of going to Alaska and working as a longshore fisherman up on the Bering Sea for 10 months. And uh, that experience really awoken me, uh, awoken aspects in me to what we talk about today, this call. Uh, I proceeded to leave that uh, endeavor and was able to um, work with both jobs in the Pittsburgh area and, and uh, around the Pittsburgh area as I pursued a passion to live outside the United States. And, and that brought me to a point where I went with the Peace Corps and, and lived in Central America. At that time, the late 90s, a significant hurricane hit the country I was working in, which was Honduras. And again, the call, this, this knowing, uh, resonated with me in a way that I resigned the Peace Corps to stay in Honduras. The Peace Corps was evacuating Honduras at the time and stayed there to work with the uh, rescue operations that were involved directly after uh, the hurricane, as I spoke, Mitch, uh, devastated that country. And it has been an awakening that has led me to a graduate degree in creation spirituality. And immediately after having this degree and having studied shamanism at that time for a good five, six years, to follow the call, if we would, as I call it, uh, to Las Vegas of all places. And you could not get a city for me that was further from what I was studying, uh, shamanism and spirituality in my book, uh, than Las Vegas. But yet, it was very strong to be there, and then the unfoldment of working as an entertainment on the Las Vegas Strip, and then working in uh, a multinational gaming and entertainment company, their corporation. Uh, so it has, in many ways, ping-ponged me around, but it's very true when I look back of seeing how each area prepared me later on to be able to be successful and later on for the endeavors that would be calling me. So, Martin, how did you know, I mean, especially in the beginning when you're only 20-something, you know, how did you know that there was something else to do other than the path you were on? I mean, many people get very far down the path they expected to be on at about 16. They're 36 before they figure out they had an option. So how did you know? How did you start to feel what we're talking about as this call or this, this communication from spirit? I was fortunate. I had a, a mentor as a young man that planted a seed in my brain that when he planted it, 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 I, it just it stayed with me. And, and he, after a very difficult time as in, in my late teens when I was struggling with depression and really trying to figure out how to live when I look back on it, he looked at me and he said, listen, he tapped my forehead and he said, you, you got, you got, you're good up here. However, you're always going to struggle until you realize, and at that time he took his finger off my forehead and placed it right on my heart and said that there's also another way to know. There's a way to know by the heart. And the intelligence in your mind is important, but you have to communicate also. You have to open up your heart and, and start to learn that knowledge, that wisdom that will help guide you because it's not always about what's most logical. So what did it feel like when you first actually felt what he was talking about? Because I'm guessing at the time he's poking your heart, you didn't know what the hell he was talking about. I didn't. I, I thought he was goofy. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> no, 
That would be so, an understatement. So we just have a couple minutes here, but what, what did it feel like when you first realized, I'm feeling what he said? For me, it resonated. At first, I thought it was anxiety or just nerves, or being nervous to actually take a leap in, 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 the, in what I was being guided to do. That scared so me. spirit's talking to you, and you're thinking it's anxiety. <laughs> exactly. Um, at nerves. Uh, it, it started as, 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 as a feel in my gut of just going, i got to do that. And I would dismiss it. When I look back at my life, I've seen how I dismissed it, especially in those early 20s. Uh, but when I was starting, when I became more attuned to it, I realized that it was different than being nervous. It was different than uh, uh, being anxious. It was different than being excited. It literally was a steady pulse for me that when I would think about uh, the adventure, when I would think about the call, when I would think about going to Alaska, it just was a sense of groundedness and excitement and energy that was wrapped up in there. And then what happened when you thought about not Alaska? It just, it, it, it never resonated with me. I, I think I thought about many different options. Out of college, well, I was going to go get a job strictly out of college, stay in the area, and it just, there was no life to it. There was no passion around it. There was no, uh, it didn't resonate in my body. There was, it was hollow. But yet, Alaska, there was an, uh, an energy that, all I can say was in the gut. It was in the pit. And as I've grown accustomed to it, I've started to realize that there, it's a certain vibration that is a knowing that I, I call it. Beautiful, Martin. Thank you. We are going to need to go to a break now. Um, but what I'd like to talk about when we get back is how that shifted from this, this intuition you were sort of groping for mm-hmm. to really beginning to sense a two-way communication with spirit. So hold that thought, and we'll, we'll return with that. I want to thank everyone who's listening today and just let you know that we are taping this show because Martin and I need to go teach a little shamanism to some lo- lovely people on the Oregon coast. And so we won't be taking emails or calls, but we will next week. We'll have Martin back on another topic near and dear to both of our hearts, which is healing our ancestral line. So I hope you'll join us next week as well. Thank you all for listening today, and we'll be back with more about The Call. And we are back with more of Martin Brennan and The Call, The Trials and Tribulations of Following Spirit's Guidance. So, Martin, once again, so how, like, what, where were you in your life, and when did you start to make the shift from just all these different ways of trusting your intuition and getting that intuitive sense that this is where the energy is and this is where it's not? to beginning to understand there was something more going on here and that there actually was spirit having this co-creative experience with you and that involved more than a guessing game, that, that there was actually potential for a dialogue. Like when, how, tell us about how you began to make that shift from just intuition to getting that there was a call going on and someone was talking to you. That's a great question, and I think when I look back on my own life, it, it came in, in my late late 20s when at the time I was serving as a volunteer in the Peace Corps, and I was in Honduras, and Hurricane Mitch came, and one of the most powerful hurricanes in all of the history, and, and really devastated that small, small country. And at the time, the, the Peace Corps was evacuating all the volunteers, and, and all due justice, all of the United U.S. mission ambassadors and relief agencies were evacuating. The, the country was in a mess. And 
once again, this, this feeling. And when you said, how did I start realizing it was tied into something, um, it goes hand in hand with developing at this time uh, an understanding of shamanism, of uh, a deeper understanding of helping spirits, of really having this idea that we are in a co-creative process and entertaining that and really holding that. And all of a sudden, I, at this time, in great peril and great danger in the large context of what was happening, to have this, to have this feeling and, and literally... Let's just let people know, this was Hurricane Mitch. And for those of you that remember, this was a really devastating, devastating hurricane. Correct. It, it um, made the news up here. It was the Nightline special with Ted Koppel for a number of nights just because of the sheer damage and, and devastation that was brought onto this, this small little country. And I had a deep love. I had already served for two years, connection with the people. And when I sat with it, and all of a sudden I'm hearing spirit literally say, you have a commitment here to the people and to the land. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. Get me on this plane out of here. <laughs> no. And, and Spirit said, wait, wait. This is what you signed up for. You are here for a reason. And you're thinking, I didn't sign up for a hurricane. Exactly. I signed up to be a volunteer at the Peace Corps. I saw the commercials, and that does not have hurricanes in them. <laughs> and, what I re- and, and that sense of just was just so prevalent. And I had had enough experience prior to this to realize that when I would listen to it, even when I didn't understand how it would unfold, amazing things opened up, amazing experiences of my life, amazing people came into my life. And when I didn't, that, that amazement, that wonder was not part of my life. And even though here I am in a situation that at the time I was very nervous and scared and a lot of fear and basically with my meditation spirit just said, all right, are you going to live in fear? and allow your outside conditions to dictate it, or are you going to live a way that is not dictated by fear? And that's when I started realizing, oh, wait a second, there's a conversation going on here. This just isn't willy-nilly. This isn't just intuition. There is, there is a conversation that I am having in, with the spirit world on what I need to do. And literally, I don't know if the hurricane scared me more or if that thought scared me more. <laughs> well, and I want to point out something that you've really illustrated beautifully in your story, which is often when we are in the moment of the clearest communication from spirit, we are trapped in a dual experience of our mind saying to spirit, what, are you nuts? Okay. And the heart saying, ah, the path. And, and how challenging it is in that moment to recognize you're having completely contradictory dual response to the exact same insight. Oh, m- most definitely. And what was interesting is, is you know, and, and it reminded me of a, of a poem or a quote by Goethe, the, the wonderful German uh, poet, and, and my state of shamanism about, listen, you, you're not going to, you don't know until you commit yourself. That life isn't this concept of what I, at that time, and even still today, I struggle with safety. Oh, my God, this is safe. I can't leave the Peace Corps. I've got to get out of here. That, no, this was saying, you know, Goethe has a wonderful saying that until one is committed, there is hesitancy, a, a chance to draw back, always in effectiveness. Concerning all acts of initiative and creation, there is one elementary truth, the ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans, that the moment one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves too. 
then it goes on. But it is that that often I feel with this when when we get that sense of a calling, there is no guarantee. There is literally we must step forth in faith to real to, to trust the universe, to trust our relationship with spirit, and to be able to have that calling heard. So you're in Honduras. You're deciding, no, I'm not going to live in fear. I am going to have faith that this is a real message from spirit, and I'm not just nuts. And you go over the wall. Yes. And so boldness. You make the choice. You make the commitment. You, you, you cast the dice of your life, throwing mm-hmm. your body over the wall into the hurricane-riddled city. Mm-hmm. And what happens? It's amazing. The, the, the last part of Goethe's, quote is literally whatever you can do or dream you can begin it boldness has genius power and magic in it and so i i stayed i started working in the rescue operations and literally just taking a shovel and helping families dig out of the the 10 to 4 to 10 feet of mud that was in their homes uh packing water and supplies up to communities up in the north and what uh north of Tegucigalpa the capital city where i was and what ended up happening is I, was a, I communicated to both my family and one of my friends back in the state while this was all going undertaking. And unbeknownst to me, a community of friends and, uh, that I knew prior uh, and some ways people that I did not even know heard about what I had done and they started to collect money for uh, an airfare home. They started to collect money to... Uh, provide a safety net for insurance, because when I left the Peace Corps, I left my uh, way to return. And this group was uh, a part of a group of, of people that I was earlier with. It was a nonprofit group called Up With People, and they sent out a message that went from that group I was with to friends of friends of friends. And literally, I got a phone call three weeks uh, later. I didn't get a phone call, excuse me. I communicated with the United States in an email three weeks later, and I was... Uh, informed that there was a account that was to provide me with um, an air airfare when it was time to leave. That was providing me with um, insurance if if I needed it, and was so much that I could stay past the initial just recovery and rescue operations. And that fund and those people enabled me to stay for another year in Honduras, volunteering and working with the street children who were significantly affected by that hurricane. Wow. Martin, that is such an amazing story, but I want to fast forward yes? along your life path here to, to, to the story that I think best illustrates a point that I would like for people to understand, which is exactly how hard it is at times to listen to the message from Spirit, it particularly when everybody who knows you and loves you thinks the message you've gotten from Spirit is completely nuts. So let's fast forward to Martin, who is having a wonderful time living in Northern California and all that that entails with very cool and groovy people at Divinity School, learning about creation spirituality, and you're doing rituals, and you're drumming, and learning Tai Chi, and deeply, deeply immersed in your love of an exploration of spirituality and spiritual expression and the practical use of spirituality, and you're doing exactly what everybody actually really expects you to be doing. True. Then what happens? True. Uh, then I graduated, and 
I was asking Spirit to really guide me, what, what comes next? How do I start putting these skills into practice? And lo and behold, what came very clearly was move to Vegas. Move to Las Vegas, Nevada. And I, I, I argued. I said, you have got to be kidding me. No, because I had that feeling when I was in Vegas. I, was, I had helped my friends move there, and I woke up the morning. I remember looking in the mirror in Las Vegas and going, uh-uh, no, no, Spirit. You cannot be telling me that this is where I have to come. Because for myself and many people that knew me, that would be this location furthest from what they would think. Sin City. Gaming, sex, alcohol, you name it, is there. Not that we've got dumping on Vegas. <laughs> no, but no, I, it did seem a bit strange to go from Divinity School to Las Vegas. Most definitely. Especially without a place to live, without a job, and without any discernible reason for why you would be going to Vegas. True. And uh, I, I sat uh, with that for about a week, the, the sense that knowing did not leave. And when I would think about not going, I literally would start getting sick to my stomach, that, that this seemed to be that big of a message from spirit. So crazy as it was, Crazy as it was, I, I packed up, had one duffel bag and two duffel bags and a little backpack, and had a one-way ticket from from the Bay Area down to Las Vegas. I was fortunate to have friends that allowed me to stay on their on their floor for uh, a while, a couple weeks before I found a place. And all this time, I am going to my ancestors and I'm going to my helping spirits and saying, "All right, spirit, big spirit now." Specific spirits of my helping spirits, my ancestors, you have guided me here. Open up the path. You've guided me here. I do not know how this is going to unfold. Allow me to meet the people I need to meet. I'm here. I'm willing to come here. Open. We have just a couple minutes. So let's just, now that we have the beauty of hindsight, share exactly how perfect that first job is that you got in Vegas. It was perfect. I and the performing on the strip, um, performing in an Irish pub that had just opened and being the, the Farron Tea. And we haven't pointed out to you all that Martin's ancestors are Irish on his mother's mother's side, Irish on her mother's father's side, Irish on his father's father's side, Irish on his father's. Martin is as Irish as they come in America. Yeah, and a lot of my work in graduate school was working with ancestral healing and opening those relationships. So here I am in Vegas. My job is to be the the pub historian, poet, storyteller, and my job is not only to get to know more of my ancestry and heritage, but to help people celebrate and help people enjoy the, the, the joyness that is there. To meet people from Ireland, because it always, it always amazed me that people would travel halfway around the world and, and they would come to the Irish pub and they were from County Mayo or County Galway, all the places. And it, it was, for those that are from Ireland, a place of familiarity and to help learn, uh, really learn uh, a part of my heritage was part of my job. And it just... So let's so be clear, so people really understand the math here. So you go all the way to Vegas to be paid to now learn about your own ancestors, to learn their songs, to learn their poetry, to learn their stories, and to develop your spiritual relationship with your ancestors by, ex- by speaking their stories and their beliefs and their joy of coming together and bringing people together in the evening, their traditions, right there in Vegas. Right there in Vegas. And, and we should also add dance. 
I mean, I, a world champion dancer that I all of a sudden became the partner with. I mean, yes, all of that is true, and I could not even imagine it. Well, this is excellent, Martin. Thank you so much. We are going to move on to a break now. But when we come back, what I'd like to really talk about is why in the world should we bother mm. listen to spirit? Why should we listen to the call? Thank you all for listening, and we'll be back. Welcome back, everyone. So, Martin. Yes. Why should we listen to the call? Why should we bother? I think, I think it's important, Christine. I think listening to the call is our listening to our own soul bringing us back. It's our listening to spirit, to the universe, to God, encouraging us to live our highest potential. Because I think inherent to the call is, doing, is, is stepping out of our comfort zone, is, is being stretched, is, is going someplace that may be the logical mind would not say is the next step. So I think it is being open in all the, the possibility of who we are. And so often we, 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 we in our mind's eye, are smaller than we, we are meant to be. And so do you find that, that this idea of being moved out of your comfort zone just goes hand in hand with having a relationship with spirit? I think it does. I, I, think, I think by nature we as humans, um, and especially in this culture and time, are... are more inclined to play it safe. You know, that's, that's granted a vast generalization, but I believe um, we put such an importance on logic and, you know, this is how, this, how things need to be, that inherent in a relationship with spirits is, is that unknown, is that, is that being called to do something that's going to push us. And I believe that we as humans, that's where we learn. It's out of our comfort zone. That's where we grow. That's that's what pushes us. And we often do not recognize our talents and skills until we're in a situation where they are literally needed to be called out of us. And I don't know how many people wake up in the morning being like, Oof, today I'm going to be uncomfortable. <laughs> That's right. I'm going, to, I'm going to scare the living daylights out of myself. You know, that doesn't happen. But if you listen to spirit, I think that is inherent because we are always being pushed. So we've shared um, examples of where you've listened to spirits, spirits pushed you, you've made decisions that didn't make any sense at the time, but on reflection now you can see how they were the right path. Correct. So let's share a story here about how you received a message from spirit that was letting you know you were not on the right path. Um, I happen to know there's a, there's a juicy no that came through in your life. So why don't we set the stage for people about you're in relationship and you've moved in with this lovely woman, yeah. and what happens? In relationship, um, this lovely woman and I are, are living together, and as the excitement of that relationship unfolded, uh, I slipped away from my practice. When, when I look back, and have to be honest with, I was uh, work was busy, and the relationship was going great, and I did less and less time of my altar work, less and less time journeying, uh, to the point that probably the, a good month and a half went by, and in that month we had moved in, and I thought things were going great. Uh, the relationship itself was was good, and. Um, I had different inklings that, oh, well, maybe, you know, we have to work on, I knew we had to work on things, but that was my mind telling me, 
No, you know what? You just this is how all relationships are. All relationships are a little bit rocky here or there. You just have to work through it. Come on, give it a shot. Let's keep it going. And my mind was very active in that. Um, and finally, I started getting sick, and uh, I literally was pulled. And this is the only way I can say it. In the middle of the night, I wasn't able to sleep. I was not feeling well at all. I got up and I went to my ancestral altar and and opened it up and started speaking. And in that communication, got a very strong, where have you been? Why are you ignoring us? Why have you not listened to us? And what are you doing? And I was quite taken back. I was, well, I said, well, I'm not, not I don't understand. And it, it came very clear that, Martin, you know, wonderful woman, this is not the woman for you. This is not the woman. You cannot support her and where she's going in her life, and she cannot support you with where you're going in your life. You are on, on two different trajectories. And while at this period in time you've come together, this, this relationship is not solid. And how come you have not consulted us? How come you have not shared this with us? And why have you ignored the messages? And I literally, in that, was holding the vision of her and I together. And that sense of this is not right would get stronger and would then hold the vision of her and I separated, not together. And those, the physical symptoms of being ill would lessen, would decrease. And literally, Spirit came and said, listen, we will bring you to your knees in physical illness if you do not listen to what is going on right now. This is not healthy. So then what did you do? Well, as so often with Spirit's guidance, I mean, it is, is sitting with it and, and, and realizing, okay, you know, have I been true to my discipline? What have I missed? You know, is this, is this, am I making this message up? And fortunately at this time I'd had enough of a relationship with the ancestors and my own spirit that I knew this wasn't being made up. But, you know, I, I had to really reassess and eventually, and not too, I mean, it, rather quickly had to really sit down with the young woman I was with and, and talk on and have a heart-to-heart and in that heart-to-heart, realize that there is a lot of um, frustration on her part also and a lot of angst with where the relationship was. And we ended up uh, separating. I mean, that was, that was very clear, and as we talked, it became um, clear for both of us. So at this time in your life, you've cultivated this relationship with spirit that is not just an intuition and a guess, but really is more like a conversation. And we talked about this um, a couple shows back when we were talking about what is a shamanic working relationship with spirit where you can have these kind of conversations. So what, what I'd like to ask you is what skills did you need to learn to get from being a nice boy from Pittsburgh to someone who could have this kind of relationship with spirit? So give us a sense of the list of all of the things you need to learn because you said before that, you know, you got caught up in the relationship and you stopped your practice. Right. So give us a sense of what a pra- what, what does a normal day look like in the life of Martin Brennan to be able to actually have this kind of relationship with spirit. There are a couple of skills that, that are essential from, in, in my practice and in my deepening with my understanding of shamanism. And, and one is, is the altar work, and both in the morning and the evening. 
I start my day off inviting spirit in, um, reconnecting with both helping spirits personally, the family helping spirits, spirits of the land wherever I am. I do a lot of travel, I, so I communicate with them, the ancestral spirits, and really set the tone for the day, being very aware of stepping into who I am, stepping into the day, and what the intentions I want, how I want to live that day, what that means, how I want to bring my heart into the day, and then stepping into the unknown. So that is best cultivated for me at an altar that I work with. And when I travel, I even have a little traveling altar. Uh, In the evenings, I have an altar practice that is with my ancestors. And that is a cultivation of this listening once again with spirit, specifically the ancestors, sharing what the day went. And all this altar work, regardless of which spirit it's for, is a sharing, is a listening, is a giving, is a being able to be quiet, to hear. I've also cultivated for myself the the skill of the shamanic journeying, going to spirit and asking questions, going to spirit and, and being in their realm with them. So the shamanic journeying, uh, skills of dance. I am very... A lot of messages come through my body. And so being able to dance and follow that energy, I mean, there's more than... My neighbors over the years must... Uh, they're going to get a kick if there any of them are listening because I've always have a room that pr- can be cleared of furniture rather quickly. The music comes on and I dance. If I'm stuck, if the energy, if I'm not sure, if I'm confused that the message is it's coming, I dance. And either through a sense of knowing or a bodily sensation, I'm able to move that energy and have a better understanding of it. Do you have any skills that you use that help you notice what's going on in life around you as a sign that you need to do something? Patterns. Any time I notice a pattern, Mm -hmm. it, it, it is a big indication of, hey, listen, get back to your practice. Bring this to the altar. You know, I mean, whether it's, wow, I've dated the same woman for the third time, just a different name. <laughs> okay, pattern, yo, listen. Um, or, or when I get my buttons pushed. When it's two days after the board meeting and I am still infuriated by what Ray said, to me that, that means, oh, wait a second, this isn't about Ray, it's not about what he said, this is, this is my own button, this is my own issue, this is, I need to look internally, I need to really sit with this. And those are the two big, big skills. Uh, we call it mirror work. You know, how is life mirroring back to me the work that I need to do on an individual basis? So it sounds to me like you have, that your altar practice is a place that really grounds you into, I'm choosing to have a life where I'm going to be in relationship with spirit. We're co-creating my day, and I'm going to be uncomfortable, so bring it on. And then, in addition to that, that you have journeying to go ask specific questions and to, and to work with your helping spirits on projects, basically. You have dancing when the message isn't so clear in your head, but it's coming in in your body. Mm-hmm. And then you have this noticing patterns and buttons and, and, a, and a practice for clearing energies when it may not be clear in your head and it may not be clear in your body, but it's aggravating your heart. Correct. So it sounds to me that you have skills to to work with the information, no matter what channel it's coming in on. True, and I, I believe it's the more skills we have, I mean, I believe because let's face it, we as humans, and I definitely know myself, I'm dense at times. 
And unfortunately, fear's got to work hard to get my attention. And so whether I believe, I believe the universe is alive and conspiring with us at every moment. And Martin, hold that point. We're going to come back to that when we come back after this break. All right, we're back with this very, very critical point, Martin, Mm -hmm. which is, I believe the universe is alive. So what do we do with that? Well, I believe it's our responsibility to respond to it, to engage it, to, to be with it in the magic and awe that is this universe. And part of that is getting back to listening to how is the universe calling us forth? How is it calling us to live a life, to live a life of our greatest potential, to live the life of our authentic being that we're being called to? So would it be fair to say that for people that don't feel that, it's not because that's not happening. It's simply because they haven't learned to listen to the universe calling them to their purpose. That the purpose is there. The spirits are there. We just have to be willing to participate in that relationship. I agree. I agree. I agree it is a, it's a two-way street. I believe it's a, a mutual responsibility. And it's not that it's not there. It's just that we haven't learned to listen. We're scared to listen. We refuse to accept that there's a possibility. And we are enormously distracted in our contemporary American lives. Exactly. But distraction is a choice. It is a choice. You can we, turn we your iPod off. Very true. We you choose can to not watch TV here. tonight and go to your altar. I mean, we, they're choices. Yes. So, Martin, this is really important, I think, for people to understand, is what happens once you do turn the iPod off for an hour, maybe, not watch that TV show, choose to go to your altar and communicate with spirit, how does developing and cultivating, because this isn't just a, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, relationship with spirit. You know, oh, no. you have cultivated, this is a long-term committed relationship you have developed with spirit, and it takes the same kind of commitment. However, what's interesting is I've watched you over the years. It's changed you. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm wondering... What's your perspective on how having this kind of working relationship with spirit has changed how you understand yourself and how you understand how the world works and how you work within it? I think once, probably the underlying pillar of this has really been to drive home that everything that I experience is my responsibility, is, is that I have, I have co-created it. And when you take that position of, okay, it's, it's here for me to learn, then you can't be a victim. You, you cannot start blaming other people. So it has really been strong to say, okay, you know, this situation is shitty. All right? What do I need to learn from it? What is going on? How did I create this? How was I part of creating this? And you can't just lay off. You just can't throw it off on someone else, which at times is hard to, to accept. And I think it's, it has made me more joyful. It's made me more playful. 
it has put me in touch with the awe and magic and just of, of this life, of this universe. The more I'm willing to partake, the more I'm willing to listen, the more I'm willing to say, all right, you know what, that's crazy, but okay, I'll go to Vegas. I'm following it. Opened up a period of my life that I would have never even imagined. Performing on the strip, name and lights, come on, but incredible. Opened up a period of time of working in corporate America with leadership, management, high-performance teams, and the value of globalization or diversity in a globalized economy. I mean, doing things that I never dreamed of, but yet there, and knowing I was there for a reason. Would you say your life was better than you imagined because of your relationship with spirit? Undoubtedly. Uh, far better than I could imagine. I mean, I, 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 yes, as I'm speechless and stuttering around in words, yes. <laughs> and I think part of it is because spirit, I, I, don't, I don't think we can truly get the full graspness of our potential, of our wonder, of our power in the moment, because I think it would scare the living daylights out of us, mm-hmm. at least for me. I'll speak for myself. It would scare me. So I get little glimpses, and I'm teased, and I'm called, okay, now you need to go here. Now you need to do this. Now you need to step into here. Okay, I can, I can go into the, little, the uncomfortable zone if I just have to take a step. If I have to jump a mile in there, I don't know if I would be able to do it. And my relationship with spirit enables me to take those steps. My relationship with spirit enables me to take myself less seriously and really see the magic and play that is involved in this life that we are living. So as I listen to your story, I, I, what I think I'm hearing, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but that you went from what felt like in your earlier days a big leap of faith to even listen to what sounds to me now like a relationship of trust, that you trust that if you're listening and you're working with spirit, that things will play out in a good way. You may not understand it, but that sounds like you've cultivated trust. Very much so. Trust, a comfortableness with the unknown. There's a difference between uncomfortable and being in the unknown. I don't think... And so there's a trust in my relationship with spirit. There's a trust that I am hearing correctly. There's a trust in life that is going to work out. Now, I may be in a shitty situation, but I'm still trusting. Mm-hmm. Because I know that's part of the lessons. I know when I look back... My, some of my greatest lessons were in times of just great difficulty and pain. But what was learned from it, I'm able to take and share with others. I'm able to live my life differently because of it. It's, so, Martin, yeah. had you never listened to spirit, where would you be now? Oh. <laughs> you know, I would I'd probably be in, in a, back in my hometown of, of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I, well, no, I'm going to take that back. I, I, I don't know. I, I would be afraid to be, if I had not listened to spirit, I would be afraid that life would start becoming more dramatic and dramatic in the events that were happening around me to wake me up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, 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 so I don't know. I, I can't answer that. And how would you describe where spirit has taken you now, your life now today? I describe it, I often describe it as, as the, um, for those that are your listeners who have watched the uh, Indiana Jones Trilogy. I think it's the second one when Indiana Jones comes to a precipice and it's a huge, huge drop. And he has the riddle in his head that basically says he needs to step out into that invisible, onto the thin air. And he's afraid he's going he's to drop down into the precipice. 
It's only until he's fully committed, until he steps out there, that the step, the stone, appears in midair that is able to catch him, and he's able to walk one step at a time across. Where has my life taken me? It has taken me on an adventure to discover who I am. It's taken me on a quest to step further and further out into that system of the unknown and to be comfortable with it, and in that, to find much more peace and connectedness with others and with myself. Martin, thank you so much for your time today. I so appreciate you being with us and inspiring us with your stories and your relationship with spirit. For those of you who are listening, I want you to know that Martin will be back with us next week, and he, we will be live. We will be in person, and you are welcome to call in and email us next time and engage the conversation with us. I, before we run out of time here, I want to be sure to give thanks to the ancestors who have been with us in this call here today for the earth energy below us and the sky energy above and how those two energies come together to give us this exquisite life that we live here, this miracle of life that we share on this planet. And I want to give thanks to all the hearts that have listened to this show because it is through the heart that we are all united I want to give thanks to those of you that are listening and ask each and every one of you, if you're loving the show, send the email out and invite others to join us. If you want to subscribe to weekly reminders about the show, just email me at christina at lastmasscenter.org. And if you want any information about the Encyclopedia of Shamanism or classes or courses that we offer, the website is lastmasscenter.org. And if you are wondering about long-distance shamanic healing, that is also available, and you just can get to us through the website, lastmasscenter.org. Thank you all for joining us this week. Thank you, Martin, and we'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>